Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music, interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic. Welcome to this week's show. Tonight, we welcome back Metal Forever Mark. He's up here in the Metal Mayhem ROC studios, and we're going to go head-to-head in a Mount Rushmore segment of songs that go together. But for tonight's feature interview, we have Mike Schleibaum of Darkest Hour. The band just released their new Live in Lockdown collection, I caught up with Mike, and he tells us about the band, about the new Patreon release they have, and uh, he plays our Mount Rushmore of metal guitarists, and he has an exclusive metal confession about your very own Rochester, New York hometown. So that's coming up uh, after the Mount Rushmore segment. As always, visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any way you get your podcast content. While you're there, visit the uh, archive drop-down box. There you could download past shows. Sign up for our email newsletter. This is a way for us to communicate with you, uh, let you know about new show content, what's going on uh, in this spring and summer. I have some big plans going on, so I want to get you up to speed. And more importantly, gets you registered for drawings when we give some merchandise away. So let's get to it. Metal Forever Mark. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, Vernomatic. Nice to be back in the Metal Mayhem ROC studios. Well, it's certainly nice to have you back. I hope everything's well and things are good in your world. So last night, I sent Mark an email and we decided we're going to do an old school Mount Rushmore of metal segment. You know, one of these fun show segments we do. So tonight's segment is songs that you need to hear one after another. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, like that old Journey song, City of the Angels, and you always have to hear the next one. I think it'll be self-explanatory once we get into it. So uh, let's do it. Metal Mayhem ROC with me, the Vernomatic, and Metal Forever Mark, Mount Rushmore of Metal. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Tonight's Mount Rushmore is songs that have to be played one after each other. So, uh, Mark, um, you got a list together? Oh, okay, so you're going to throw me on the spot first. Yeah, so that was a great example and got me thinking about this because I'll give you this, the first one that irritated me. So I was listening to Sirius XM radio. I think it was hair nation, uh, Def Leppard heart, uh, uh, bring on the heartbreak came on. And I'm like, Oh cool. I haven't heard this song in a while. And then the song ended and I was waiting for switch six, two, five to come on next. Cause it just goes with it, you know? And by the way, Def Leppard played those two back to back live on their last tour I was like, oh, yeah, play Switch 625, and they did live. I was like, cool. So that's what got me thinking about this Rushmore. So that 
that's my first that's my number one because that one to me that they, those two go hand in hand you got you can't play one without the other Thoughts? oh no yeah i agree <laughs> I, I was gonna tell you at the end I, i'll let you do, do you want me to do my whole list and then or, or, do, you, or do you want to go back I'll, and forth? I'll do two and then you do two well, then yeah. okay go ahead second one second one is um this one is electric eye okay now granted hellion is technically a second song that goes into electric eye but that to me that's more of an intro but after electric eye plays you got to hear the drums to riding on the wind like it's just got to kick right in and if you just play electric eye and boop and the, that ends and you don't hear riding on the wind drums that bothers me so that's my second one okay um backtracking you're right in the fact that riding on the wind for us you have to hear it but for the masses i think uh i don't i don't know if that stands because well first of all hellion electric eye that you know that's not really do you consider hellion another song you, it's not like you hear hellion and then not electric eye right right well technically it's a different song and and actually priest did it again on the redeemer of souls album where they have an intro i think leading into redeemer of souls up to fact check that one but there's definitely a, 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 it's a, it sounds like an intro track i think it's halls of valhalla anyway whatever we'll have to check it out um and trade they do the same thing on firepower with traders gate uh so they're technically they're track listed as separate songs Hellion's technically a song, but I always looked at that as that's the intro to Electric Eye. Yeah, okay. Um, so <laughs> Technically speaking. Well, a disclaimer, I agree with Mark because usually a future show segment is a segment we have called Just Press Play. I don't agree that it has to go together, but I do agree that they're uh, Hall of Fame tracks. So just fast on this, though. If, so if Electric Eye plays in its entirety and it ends... It doesn't bother you that you don't then hear the drum tracks to Riding on the Wind. I get over it. I, <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Okay. Um, and for... So uh, wait, is Electric Eye Helen, is that your number one Mount Rushmore? Is that your first Mount Rushmore? No, no, no oh, okay. I was just commenting okay. on it. Okay. Okay, so you and get... going back to the Def Leppard, um, bringing on the Heartbreak, Switch 625. Yeah, that's true. It, it has to be. And, you know, I don't want to rub salt in a wound, but, uh, you know, I saw them do it live on High and Dry. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, ooh, back when they opened ooh. for Blackfoot. So That's a back in the day. Okay, so I'm going to uh, go, I'm going to start my list, and this is going four, four and three. Um, it's a little obscure, and but it's an anvil, too, for, from the Metal on Metal album, which is a classic classic anvil the instrumental march of the crabs which they usually open the shows with into jackhammer it's sort of hard to hear one and not hear the second one so i'm going to do a little research and find out if when they play that they still keep those two brothers together and the second or number three that i have is this was a hard one but i have to do anesthesia pulling teeth into whiplash again you know, I think we don't have to explain this. That's their two brothers and they stay together. Yeah. Hey, Vernon Mac, I agree with you on that one. I mean, I cannot hear whiplash without the end of an anesthesia pulling teeth. Those two definitely go together. I'm with you. I would love to hear those two played live. Um, I wonder if they've ever done it. Metallica. Oh, I, I don't know. Live. Yeah. Those anesthesia pulling teeth into, into whiplash. whiplash? 
They um, that would be super cool. I have a bootleg of uh, Metallica '84 of Cliff doing from Chicago doing Anesthesia Pulling Teeth, and they may go into Whiplash or may go into No Remorse or something. But I'll check it out. It's a heavy metal homework. Yeah. Okay. So my last two are, um, and you're gonna probably make fun of me because these are well metal type songs that go into ballads strangely but i don't know what it is these two like just go to hand in hand to me so in my dreams from docking under lock and key going right into slipping away and that must just be because i'm a just push player uh like that was an album i just kept listening to back in the day over and over again i was like it it just like you know after after in my dreams I, i like to hear like i just get used to hearing that track and then the next one is um, Cinderella, way back from their, um, you know, their their Night Songs album, "Shake Me," going straight into "Nobody's Fool," and now that, those end up being two of their MTV hits. Um, but uh, just you know, when "Shake Me" ends, I just start hearing that opening riff, to, you know, the whatever that intro is to um, "Nobody's Fool" with the wind blowing and everything. So those are my Mount Rushmores of uh, one song that has to lead into the other. There's probably a lot more, but <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no wrong answer. That's, uh, you know, that's the, yeah. Yeah. That's um, not Rushmore. My, I really don't have any comments on that. Uh, the, the Cinderella, you're yeah. right. Maybe because you always hear those and I'm, uh, now what were the Dawkins in my dreams? Uh, in my dreams going right into slipping away, which is their ballad on that album. Maybe uh, that's probably the least known song on that album. Potentially. Yeah. I don't, I know in my but, dreams, I don't know the other yeah. one. So, um, and then the Cinderella. But my number three is Megadeth. Ooh. Holy Wars Punishment Due into Hangar 18. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, good one. It, yeah, if you're going <laughs> to, if, if, you know, someone woke up after a, well, yeah, 25, 25 year coma and they're like, what has Megadeth been up to? I would play him that, but um, yeah, that, 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 that is a knockout punch that is just absolutely classic hall of fame metal it's uh that's the the most fabulous one and my number one um you know gonna have to go eruption you really got me is it metal (laughs) is it not metal but are you telling you cannot you, you can't hear that without going into you really got me but that being said eruption you know is it metal uh, you know, the, this goes into our fire and ice or our great <laughs> metal debate when we talk about me, oh metal or not metal. metal. But you know, it's funny you brought that up because I remember uh, after in the past, when Ed, uh, the news of Eddie Van Halen's passing and you had told me that everybody was supposed to open their windows and crank eruption. I actually did that, and then I stopped eruption, and then I was like, to your, your point, like I was waiting to hear. Um, the track that goes after it. You really got yeah, it. Yeah. I was like waiting for that, for that to kick on in. And, and I just played eruption. I was like, wait, no, that doesn't make uh, yeah, sense. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like having but a toast without butter. Yeah. You know, yeah, you yeah you're it. right. No eruption. I think that look, eruptions a heavy, like that's a metal. Yeah. It's a metal yeah. instrumental. I'm going to say yes. Cause it's just great. Heavy guitar, melodic, just, I don't know, one of the greatest of all time. Of course. So, uh, some honorable like mentions, okay. you, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's tough to like, you know, when you do the metal ones, but this isn't really metal. But like um, ZZ Top, <laughs> you know, <laughs> waiting for the bus. Jesus just left Chicago. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, I'm with you. on. You that. know, it's just like you can't hear one without the other. And then sometimes there's technicalities. It's like uh, it's like one song, but it's like Rush 2112 Overture into the Temple of Syrinx. 
Yep. Yeah, you no, know, I agree with you. You know, you have to do the even though it's two titles. And... I, I feel I feel like Iron Maiden has a few of those too. Um it's hard to like like Flight of Icarus kind of going in to die with your boots on. Like they seem to go together. Um, they well then then that's that's a whole nother discussion where it'll be uh you know sequencing hall of fame what albums just you know that's why you can't it just goes perfect and that's the art of sequencing i mean i think power slave and arrive of the ancient mariners another one like you know those are two epic long long tracks like you would almost say like why would they put two long ones like together back to back but um it almost seemed like it kind of transition that well back then it was side a side b on the cassette tape and on the album and power slave kicked off side two of uh of power slave so yeah maybe naturally they were thinking i never had a cassette of that because on the album (laughs) back in the village when you flipped it over oh that was the first track in the village because the the last song on side one was um what the duelist no no it's the, the yeah well, either Flash way. Flash of the Blade into the Duelist and then back in the village. Yeah. That's a great song about it. Yeah. I haven't heard that in so long. Um, anyway. Well, yeah. that's uh, our <laughs> Mount Rushmore of songs that have to go together. Yes, indeed. So, Mark, uh, you know what? Good to have you back up here, and um, we'll catch up with you real soon. Vernamac, as always, it's always great being up here in the Metal Mayhem ROC Studios talking metal. No doubt, man. That's the name of the game. Always good to have Metal Forever Mark up in the studio. He's a good dude, and we miss him up here. Let's take a break, and when we come back, Mike Schleibaum, Darkest Hour. I'm the Vernomatic. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, friends of the Metal Mayhem ROC podcast. Vernomatic here, inviting you to get those horns up and to join us live Monday night, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time for Metal Mayhem ROC Live. We crack the vaults open and play the best of the metal for the last 50 years. Get in a chat room, meet other bangers from around the world, send me a request, and I'll get it on for you. That's Metal Mayhem ROC Live with me, the Vernomatic. Monday nights, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on netmetalstation.com. Hey, it's Mike from Darkest Hour, and you're listening to The Vernomatic on Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey! Listen up. Now, get that popcorn ready and grab a seat. Do it! As The Vernomatic and Metal Forever Mark present this week's feature interview, exclusively here on Metal Mayhem ROC. Fun interview today. I was able to dig up Mike Schleybaum of the Washington, D.C. metal band Darkest Hour. He's here today telling us about the brand new release of the complete collection, Darkest Hours Live in Lockdown. Hey, Mike, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, man, thank you for having me on and thank you for taking the time to uh, cover Darkest Hour and talk about it here on the show. <laughs> Definitely talk about metal. The band's been around for a while, since the mid-90s. If anyone that isn't that familiar with Darkest Hour, can you give us a quick update on the history of the band? Well, I love this. It's, like, so refreshing to just have to do that after 25 years of doing interviews. So my band is a heavy metal, metal core band from Washington, D.C. We were one of the 
uh, purveyors, one of the first of the new wave of American heavy metal that sort of happened in the mid nineties. And uh, our contemporaries are, let's say shadows fall who also sort of started out around the same time or lamb of God, uh, unearth every time I die. I mean, some of those bands even started after we did, but we're all sort of this sort of the part of this wave of metal that, uh, started in the mid nineties and sort of brought itself into the age of the internet. We've toured all around the world, put out, uh, nine records on 11 different record labels and the most being on victory records out of Chicago. And we just recently have moved to a subscription style thing, you know, the old Patreon where we've been releasing limited live vinyl, special unreleased songs, all sorts of extra content. And that's all, you know, post pandemic sort of after the pandemic grounded us because we're really into touring live playing all over the world. That's sort of the thing we do the most and thing we're about and thing we look forward to. But right now we're sort of stuck on the internet and that's why we're coming at you over the airwaves. So if you're a fan of melodic death metal, uh, like a la, in flames and at the gates meets minor threat then maybe we're the band for you this live in lockdown you have a cast of characters on here some past members and then some of your friends let me ask you was it uh hard to get these guys together and what was the thinking behind that is it a celebration of darkest hour the history is it a promotional tool to get people that possibly aren't into the band, into the band, or is it a reward to the members of your Patreon club? Well, I mean, what, what basically we did what every band and every small business in the world had to do at the beginning of last year, which was sort of revamp how we did everything. And we, we realized we needed to, to try to embrace a new way to connect with people and monetize off the band and just exist because the old model of, putting out a record, taking a huge advance, going on tour just wasn't working. So a huge birthday celebration for the band on our 25th birthday planned for September 23rd, 2020. Mm. And it was going to be dope. It was sick. And that had to be canceled. So we were pretty fucking pissed. Then we thought, well, like, what can we do to like make this, you know, more entertaining? You know, because we can't have a crowd there and it's going to be like basically the same guys just playing through the songs like for an hour, you know? Yeah, like so a... we thought we would use the fact that we have had so many other people who have played additional guitar over the years in the band who toured with us, who've gone on to do all sorts of things that everybody knows that are fun to see. We thought we would use the power of the internet to basically just like have them play remotely right and basically play with us you know and so we set up at the club and we had some of these people play remotely from the places that they were at and we've got a friend in switzerland we have a dude in la another friend in, in texas you know i mean people are everywhere right so it seemed kind of crazy but the video came out like actually really cool and it kind of is exciting that it's always changing up and as that happened, the audio from the video was just sick. It was stellar mm -hmm. because it was like a live recording, but we didn't have the same uh, sort of hiccups that you would if you were working with the fact that you have a live crowd in front of you, you know? 
And after that, we realized that people were not going to stop. Like they wanted this thing, like they, they wanted it to be released. And we were like, okay, so I guess we've just got to release the video and the audio. And we devised a way to, to, to give, to give, you know, to deliver digital downloads of the video and audio to all our Patreons. But then we figured, you know, man, this sounds so good. We need to press this on vinyl too. And as that happened, it sort of did something which was really unique because it kind of, in a strange chain of events, created sort of a greatest hits record. Because the album is like what we would play at a live show to get people stoked. You know, I mean, there's always a few things that change here or there, but the, yeah. the, you know, your master of puppets is fucking there, your inner Sandman's there, whatever, right? So uh, all of them sounding the same production style played sort of in the same way sort of took songs that were 20 years old and songs that were brand new and compressed them together and made, like I said, sort of a greatest hits that was special. And on top of it, having like all these different people on there, like ex guitar players who played on the records with us and then friends who toured the world. Like, I mean, how, how would we have ever done that? Like, if we wanted to, it never would have been possible. Like, like you just asked me how easy was it to do? Like actually in this scenario, super easy in any other scenario, completely impossible. Yeah. So sure. people, I yeah, don't, you know, we sort of in the best way possible took advantage of our situation and created something that is insane to think about if we had just started from the band, which is a three part release a live DVD, a, a digital album, and a limited hand-numbered vinyl, <laughs> all for the price of a fucking uh, $12 monthly subscription, yeah. you know, and all funded by those people. So keep in mind, we donated all the proceeds of the show to the club, did a ton of good with it, and then still were able to turn around and create something unique and give it back to these people. And it was a win for the band. So we're really just sort of in awe of how, how special it is and how cool it is. And, you know, um, how well it worked out. Oh, sure. As Bob Ross would say, this is a happy accident. You know, we're talking with Mike uh, Schlebaum from darkest hour. Mike just got done telling about the live and lockdown three part release. Now, Mike, you mentioned that the band subscribed up to the Patreon method of marketing explain to the listeners exactly what patreon is how they can get involved with it and how much does it cost a patreon is a monthly subscription service the same way you pay for your software the same way you pay for your netflix um it's just a subscription for darkest hour and you might think like well what that seems like excessive but we're doing all sorts of new things over there. Like, so for one monthly fee of $9 a month, basically, you can get access to all the fun digital stuff we're doing, which is never before released videos, guitar lessons, crazy band Q&As, um, all sorts of never before seen pictures. I mean, like we've been touring for 25 years, so we got a lot of stuff we've never shown anyone. And the Patreon gives us a cool digital way to basically control everything so that only darkest hour fans can see it. And you know, that as a supporter of the band, that 
your small funding is going to go to making sure that we can create new physical items this there. And to us, that's what's going to keep this whole interaction special, you know? I want to congratulate you on the um, endorsement with the ESP, the uh, your new guitar. Tell, oh, us a yeah. little, tell us a little bit about that. How'd that come about? Well, uh, I first of all, I would say I will, will say major shout out to ESP Guitars from Japan who have knighted me uh, in the heavy metal world uh, because I have uh, um, like achieved uh, one of my dreams of my life, which is I have my own signature guitar, which everyone can buy right now on Sweetwater or Axe Palace or whatever internet distributor you want to go to. It's, it's, it's generally available uh, and it is a uh, amazing flying V aero ESP shape, which um, was designed with them uh, with all the little details that I love. I absolutely love this guitar and we are really appreciative of ESP's, uh, you know, commitment to get behind the band and do this because with heavy metal, there is a lot of attention to like guitar playing and what's happening on the guitar. And so many things we do like uh, everything from guitar clinics, the guitar lessons through the Patreon to sell tab books We sell uh, tab books online. I mean, there is a lot of guitar centric stuff. So to have uh, the same company that endorses Metallica and the Rolling Stones and all sorts of, you know, uh, icons mm-hmm. uh, give you the same support and give you the same placement and put you in a place, you know, where heavy metal lovers will see you in a way they might never almost like a record label would almost like a double label, you know, because that's how much visibility this guitar company has. And uh, we, of course uh, I've been playing the guitars for well over a decade and you know, have gravitated to this naturally. So for me, this is an easy thing to sell. Like, I'm not a salesman, but I love heavy metal guitar and I love this specific guitar. It's all mahogany. So it's sort of like the guitars I grew up playing. It's like a heavier V and it has a special like scale length that a lot of the other Vs don't have. And also the color combination with the fret inlays and everything. It's just, you're not going to get this in any other package. And we didn't throw my signature all gaudy all over the place. So there's plenty of room to make it yours, you know? And I think that if you're a person like me that loves, you know, guitar players like Dimebag Daryl, Eddie Van Halen, Zach Wilde, James Hetfield, you know, Dave Mustaine, uh, Marty Friedman, Steve Vai. I mean, I could go all day. These are all my heroes. You know, they're all in this guitar. Well, you know, and they're all in the, the albums too. Well, this uh, lends us to a show segment we like to call the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. That being said, we're going to ask Mike Schleibaum of Darkest Hour. We're going to talk metal now. Mike, I need your Mount Rushmore of metal guitarists. Now, you got a few rules. I need your top four, and I need for you to go in descending order, four to one. Let's hear it. Hmm. Man, you need to go, I need to go to my number one guitar influence, huh? What, you start, a, start at four, they'll give you... Oh, oh, oh go up. Yeah, no, start okay, four, go, go four, up. four to one, so they'll give you time to, you know, m- maybe put someone that's not your top, but like four, so you could internally oh. think about it. Oh, 
man. Okay. It's coming into focus. All right. <sighs> now, listen, this is all feel. You know what I mean? So I'm going for it. But number four is the motherfucking King, James Hetfield. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rhythm right hand, lead singer, badass in the the king of the big four, arguably the best heavy metal band of all time. How can James Hetfield not be in my influences? So then let's take it to number three. Although it's hard to put this man in any other spot than number one. We we're talking about motherfucking Angus Young. Okay. Uh, from ACDC, this yeah. is the man that made me want to pick up a guitar in the first place. And I'm going to say, I'm going to just put Malcolm Young in the same slot because we know that he had a lot to do with Angus RIP and his playing the brothers in general. To me, you know, Angus Young made everything about guitar cool to me. Everything about it seemed fun and also like still loved his playing and his music, no matter what timeless. Right. Yeah. So then uh, I have to say that uh, this dude is a huge influence because he felt very special to me because I had the uh, ability to watch him come up. But then the number two slot, I've got to put Dimebag Daryl because when I was a kid, you know, there was Metallica and there was Megadeth and there was Slayer and there was everybody. But then there was Pantera. And I remember seeing Pantera come. I remember they, they, they played uh, in Maryland before uh, Vulgar Slayer Power came out. And they came after with uh, Sacred Reich. They were here a lot. Uh, they were not saying they were a local band that much, but they played a lot. They were on tour heavily. And so not only did I get to witness them early on, I got to see them all along. And so I would definitely say that Dimes playing has influenced the sound of the band a bunch and my playing and my love of guitar for sure. And so uh, without a doubt, that is tied into my love for the number one. So my number one, Guitar, Mount Rushmore, it's motherfucking Eddie Van Halen, dude. Period. <laughs> the king. Because, you know, you didn't play always that heavy. You didn't always play as fast as, as dudes who came later or as clean or as perfect in the videos. But the one thing about Van Halen is that those albums have been for me, there for me so much. And not only have they been there for me in hard times and fun times, but also they've been there for me as constant hours of study and, uh, you know, research and joy that is all in those, those albums. And I think that there I'll be 70 years old trying to figure out how to play some of those songs still, because I, I, I love them so much and they're so dense. So that is my top four. That's fantastic. Um, Eddie Van Halen's my favorite of all time. Yeah, of course, because he's the best. So whatever. Well, isn't that what every, isn't that what everybody puts? Well, it goes deeper than that. Uh, yeah. I got into the band in '78 by my older brother. First time. Of course. First time Fuck, I had a chance. I was that older brother. <laughs> first, first time I had a chance to see them was the Fair Warning tour. Shit. Yeah. Fuck yes, that album's awesome. Uh, yeah, and uh, now we before we went the air, I was trying to tell you my last name of Verno. Well, when yeah. my when my first born when before my first son was born, I was lobbying for Eddie Van Verno. 
as a name. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Not, that is yeah. a nice name. Well, trust me. Yeah, your wife had to cut that down. Well, yeah, that's how this is. I got my second son's middle name as Edward. So <laughs> there you go. You got you suck it in there. Um good for you. One other question. You mentioned Rochester, New York. Give, oh yeah. Give, Upstate New York. We used to be called Soccer City USA. But hell it, yeah! But it's a uh, metal city, USA, and I'll tell you after your story. But how, what well, do you know about Rochester? Well, my family, uh, my mom's side of the family, are Italian immigrants, and they all grew up in Elmira, New York. Okay. And Rochester was the big city. You know what I'm saying? And my mom, she ended up down here in Washington D.C. Uh, because of where, wherever the path of her life took her. But the rest of my family ended up in upstate New York, and a lot of them ended up moving to Rochester. So I, I, I spent a lot of, you know, Thanksgivings and family holidays, like traveling up to Rochester. And also there was a, always a, a, a hockey tournament that ended up somewhere up there, too, you know. And so I have, like, so many memories tied with, like, I remember hearing Rage Against the Machine for the first time in a in a pizza hut parking lot outside of Rochester, New York with a hockey team, you know, like just yeah. memories of, of, of the city, because I would go back there so many, you know, winter breaks. And the thing is there was a, a venue called the bug jar, which I'm not sure is still around. It's or, still there you know, and it still kicks ass. And it had like all the crap was glued on the ceiling or whatever. Yep. And, you know, we would play the bug jar and, these shows were amazing. And I remember the thing that always stuck out to me is like, of course, like my family never came to the shows because they were not supportive of, of the band. But I always stuck out to me that like, I had like a double life in Rochester because uh, I would play shows there at the bug jar, but then I would go there occasionally with the family, but those two worlds never intersected. And I want to say that we played a comedy club is it possible that you guys had comedy clubs uh, at a comedy club that would have hardcore shows or punk shows there at some point? Recently, uh, was it in the last couple of years? Oh, I, I don't know. I'd have to Google. But I have this distinct memory of talking to someone at a show who was like, you have family from Rochester? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, they never come see you play? What the fuck? And, I was like, and, I, and it was a moment where I was like, see, somebody else thinks this is weird. But um. You know, I, I I just remember like having this feeling when I came up there of being like, what is it like to grow up here? You know, especially in Elmira, which is a lot, uh, a lot more uh, not as urban. You know what I mean? It's a lot more like a small town. And so for me, uh, I just I had this sort of second life coming to Rochester and seeing what what I kind of connected to with like the way my mom grew up, even though. We all know that Elmira is nothing like Rochester. No, nothing. You no, know? uh, but uh, I'll always have a, a soft spot for up there, and I hope that Darkest Hour can play there. Although it's like over the past few years, with us starting to tour the world, you start to end up being on those tours where it's just Buffalo, just Pittsburgh, just Philly, just you know what I mean. It's we don't do the cities that I don't want to say the smaller cities, but you know, we don't do cities with lower, like smaller populations as often anymore. So we haven't been to the bug jar in a super long time, but goddamn, I would give anything to go play there right now. 
You know what I mean? After sitting in my fucking basement for over a year, fucking oh. please book me. You know, I got to tell you a quick little story, and this isn't so much with the interview, but I don't know how familiar you are with the history of Rochester. We're rich in metal history. Uh, Metallica recorded their first album, Kill 'Em All, here. Right. Yeah. And then there was uh, there's some other Rochester metal stuff, though, right? Uh, yeah. But that's probably the. Well, Anthrax did some stuff up here. The Rod, Central New York, Carl Kennedy, Rock Feinstein, they've recorded up here, TT Quick. But um, there was a record store called Lakeshore Record Exchange. This uh, came about in 81. And it was a small record store, but their business model was imports in the new wave of British heavy metal. And that stuff was getting big in the very early 80s. Well, that turned into a weekend radio show called metallic overdrive and the owners of lakeshore record exchange ended up getting into concert promoting at the penny arcade and that's where this was like from 84 through 89 and that's where me and my friends that was our generation we were in high school the owners brought all the bands there megadeth on their first tour king diamond when he left merciful fate um, anthrax on Among the Living. I, yeah, I think we played there with Killswitch Engage. The Penny Arcade down at the lake? Yeah, yeah. or it could have been with Soil Work. But I know we played at the Penny Arcade one time. Um, well, a lot of this is just... Or the, maybe it just changed the name and it was some good. I God, it's unfamiliar. Well, in Rochester, we had the Penny Arcade. We had uh, Backstreets. We had uh, Anthology. We had uh, Water Street Music Hall. Those were a lot mm. of the places that shows would be in addition to the bug jar. So, right, which is a little bit different cap. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but Slightly uh, and more intimate, but still awesome. But trust me. So uh, where I'm going with this is um, through the podcast, we've uh, done specials on all this. Here, There's a couple that you may be interested in. I'll send you the link after we hang up. The uh, we did. I did an interview with the kid that was the second chair engineer on Kill 'Em All. Oh, whoa, that sounds awesome. Andrew Robleski was, was his name. And back in is the, he from Rochester? Yes, does he still live there? Yes, damn. I bet every time he goes out, somebody asks him, like, Tell me the Metallica no, story. Well, well, no, the funny <laughs> thing is, it was last fall, we were approaching Cliff's anniversary or his uh observance of his death in late September. And I, I just posted something on my on the uh, podcast Facebook page, and I get this DM, a direct message from someone, and it was Andrew, and he's like, hey, Vernomatic, listen, um, I've never told the story, but I, and then he went ahead and said that he was second chair on the Kill 'Em All. He hung out with the band for six weeks, Whoa. and we end up doing like a three-hour interview. And it turned into a, a, I did a podcast on it. People find it all the time now. Well, the fun thing with this story is Andrew was, like I said, second chair, meaning the band was recording that album at night because Johnny Z from Megaforce worked out a deal with the record or with the um, studio owner. The uh, studio said, yeah, we could do it, but they're doing it at night because I'm not taking up daytime. And so the kid that did it, Andrew, they became good friends and just tells he has tons of pictures. Never. He has three rolls of photos that he has from this time. 
And he called Metallica. This was maybe 10, 15 years ago when they were doing the kill them all box set, you know, those super deluxe box sets they do. And he offered to them to give them, he was going to give them the pictures. Uh, he didn't want any money. He just wanted to hand them. He just wanted to give them to the band himself because he did hang out with them for six weeks. You know, there was, right. and, um, someone from Q prime said something. Yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. He never heard anything back. Andrew was the one that said bass solo, take one. Whoa, that's him on the Yeah, yeah, he's the one that Holy says Holy shit. Yeah, and um I'm telling you, Mike, there's there's just so Dude, much What would it be like to be that guy? <laughs> Holy shit balls. His you know what a fucked up thing was? His Mount Rushmore, we did the Mount Rushmore game. The I asked him four best stories he could share by when he was with Metallica. Uh one was talking with Kirk about helping him on a lead. Another one was when Lars was uh, doing, they had the drums in a different room and the house was haunted and cymbals were spinning and all this kind of story. But the, the, one of the stories was he goes, one of the, uh, one of the Rushmore stories is when Johnny Zazula came up to check on progress of the album and asked me to take the guys out for beers that night. So he gave me a hundred dollar bill and I drove, and that night we went out to this uh, little bar in East Rochester, New York, a uh, little suburb of Rochester, and uh, for quarter draft nights at this bar. Well, Mike, that bar is about a mile from where I'm sitting right now. It's Man. I live in East Rochester, so crazy. Yeah, so this whole thing, and uh, I, like I, I said, I can't believe he got the man. That's so sick. the thing that's crazy is like, if I was Metallica, I'd be terrified what is on those photos like you what if who knows have you guys seen all of them yeah i did they're just okay, right. they're they're all no right. they're not like like what if somebody's doing something fucked up you don't know like it's like fuck if i was them i'd be like yo i need to see every photo no <laughs> no they're no they're not they're fucking crazy shit you know what i mean no, like all those weird photos it's it, they're actually boring though well, they're one of a kind like a lot That's of pictures cool. of cliff you know james it's just Think about it a little, not a, it was pre instant camera, it was just a camera taking pictures in a studio. But, dude, trust me, as a dude who's done all these bands, I have one record that we were talking about where we have no video, no photos at all of anything. And it's weird now in this age of all this stuff to have these classic records like that record and have a way to see anything. Yeah, like what did the carpet look like? What do the wall look like? What do they wear? Just to see any sort of snapshot is really kind of cool. It's cool that you guys track that down. Yeah, that's, you should. You should, you def, That's definitely a really interesting story, and I'd love to see the exhibit once it ever gets up. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I got twelve minutes left on this uh, SD card, so I'm going to have to wrap it up. No worries, but man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, man. For sure. I'll talk about. I'll talk to dudes face off forever about metal. Real quick. All right, so the release is Live in Lockdown, Darkest Hour. Mike Schleibaum. Uh, Mike, where can people find you? What, what are your uh, Facebook.com, Darkest Hour Dudes, Twitter.com, <laughs> or just... Uh, all right, we're on Facebook at Darkest Hour Dudes. Or just type in official Darkest Hour in your Facebook because there is this movie called Darkest Hour that is uh, highly educational but is uh, you know taking up some of the Google space. Or you can find us over on Twitter at Darkest Hour Rock. 
Sorry about that name, but back when we started at Twitter, we had no idea what it fucking was. So we would have gone with something catchier, but it's just Darkest Hour Rock over there on Twitter. And on Instagram, we're official Darkest Hour. Um, my personal Instagram is The Wrist Dojo. And uh, I'm also all over Facebook. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think, and then we're also all over Patreon. So that is so much digital access. I don't know if you really even need that much. But you can find us anywhere. We're on YouTube. We're at we're Darkest Hour Dudes on YouTube also. All right. Well, hey, it's been great uh, getting to know you and um, talking about metal. And we'll do everything over here at Metal Mayhem ROC to uh, pump the band out, get the word of Darkest Hour, and, you know, support the cause. All right. Well, listen, you over there or anyone who hears this, man, when concerts come back to wherever you're at and you see that Darkest Hour on a on a, on a poster on an ad mat on your iphone go to the fucking goddamn concert and give me a high five and let's do a shot you know what i'm saying i'm ready sounds good man all right cheers man all right have a good one take care buddy metal for life thanks for listening to metal mayhem roc check out our websites at metalmayhemroc.com and metalforever.com for information on upcoming concerts podcasts archives and all sorts of info please like follow and share with everyone even your non-metal friends catch us next time on wlfe tv radio it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.